Welcome back to Balagan. Israel is a parliamentary democracy, and its parliament is called the Knesset. comes from gathering. As the supreme state body, the Knesset is sovereign and thus has complete control of the entirety of the Israeli government. To speak more about the Knesset and its role, I'm happy to have Mr. Adir Binyamini, Deputy Mayor of the Municipality of Netanya, a dear friend, author of the book, The Way to the Knesset, that was just published in Hebrew, and the former legendary speaker of the house of the Hebrew University Students' Union. So Adir, welcome to Balagan. Uh, hello, thank you. Thank you for having me, Mr. Cohen. Well, it's my pleasure, my dear friend. Uh, to our uh, audience, Adir and I even uh, share the dorms together. Uh, and we were good. We had a lot of uh, adventures. <laughs> yes, <laughs> In, a, great, a great period of time. Yeah, waking up at 4.35 a.m. and walk around the campus. <laughs> yes, and, do, and uh, having a very, very interesting uh, election. Well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about, you know, the legendary uh, Hebrew University Students' Union in a separate uh, episode. Okay. But Adir, today we are here to talk about, you know, your book, and actually not, not about your book per se, but about the Israeli Knesset. Uh, yeah, but before right. we dive into the Knesset itself, I want to ask you a question for our audience. What is a parliamentary system? Yes, you know, we have, if we, we, we will do a dichotomic uh, separation of two uh, central systems of elections that we have, we have two main electoral systems uh, of uh, voting. Uh, the first system is uh, much known to the American uh, listeners. It's the system that uh, used in Great Britain, in Canada, and in the United States, and it's the uh, plurality uh, system. When you have uh, one candidate uh, 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 that gets elected in his uh, uh, constituents, and then uh, the one that gets the, the, the most the, of the, the majority, the majority he is the elected member. And uh, then on the other side, we have the proportional uh, representatives system or representation system that uh, the members of the parliament gets elected uh, by parties, political parties. Uh, the voters goes and uh, votes for, for the party and uh, uh, the seats in the parliament uh, is divided uh, proportionally by uh, the votes. In that system, the head of the executive branch, I call it in the States, the prime minister. Uh, or the president is, here. Yeah. Yes, the prime minister here in the, 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 the parliamentary system. He is uh, uh, getting his power or his mandate uh, through the parliament. And uh, they, the parliament members, they decide who will be the head of the executive branch. So in Israel, I mean, as you said it, we're not, we're not electing the prime minister. We are literally electing the representatives and they elect the prime minister based on the majority he's trying to gather, right, from, uh, from the different parties, trying to form a coalition. Uh, correct. And uh, because of in the Knesset, we have uh, 
120 uh, representatives, and it's very interesting. Maybe we'll talk about it later. Why it's only 120 and not not much bigger parliament. You need the uh, 61, the minimum of the 61 uh, members of Knesset to, to be elected uh, and to form a, a government. So, how did Israel uh, became a parliamentary democracy? I mean, what happened in '48? Why did David Ben Gurion chose uh, the parliamentary system over, you know, a presidential uh, system, for example? Uh, David uh, Ben Gurion preferred uh, the British system. Uh, we will come to that. The first uh, elections uh, that took place in uh, the land of Israel happened in uh, 1903. A great uh, Zionist leader, that uh, his name was uh, Menachem Mushiskin. He came to visit here. That time, the, it was the rule of the uh, Ottoman uh, Turkish Empire. He came to a place that called Zichun Yaakov, and he organized the first uh, elections uh, that took place in the Jewish population. Jewish population at that time was around 50,000 people. Uh, only 2,000 of them could ha- had uh, went to vote. And that was uh, the first time when democratic election was took place in this area. Uh, women were not allowed to vote at that time. We know that uh, women's right to vote in Europe uh, started only in Finland in uh, 1906. So in 1903, in in those elections, uh, women weren't allowed to vote. So only two, around 2,000 people really participated in uh, that uh, uh, election. I must say, by the way, you were talking about the elections and in Israel and uh, elections within the state. But I, I got to mention that actually in uh, in the Zionist movement or what they call the 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 uh, Zionist Congress, women were actually uh, allowed to vote as a part of the to vote and to get elected, I think, from the late uh, uh, 1900s. Um, not in the beginning. In the beginning, no, not in the beginning, very, of course. Very, very strong opposition from the Jewish Orthodox that didn't want uh, women to take part in uh, the election. Uh, we even know that uh, the, the uh, revisionist leader, Zev Jabotinsky, was really against it and said, uh, these are people that uh, don't uh, have never heard of uh, John Stuart Mill, and they come out from the wall and uh, trying to, to take us uh, back in time. Uh, that was a progress that came uh, lately. Um, Menachem Oshiskin was really in the first uh, Zionist Congress in uh, Basel, Switzerland, and uh, you're right that the the system there to get to be elected uh, as a member of the Congress was uh, also the same system of uh, parties. Those parties that established in uh, the Zionist Congress came later on, the supporters came to uh, the land of Israel and started uh, to uh, operate also in uh, this area and also here inside all those uh, bodies that represented the Jewish people in front of authorities, if it was the Turks and later on the British, 
they got elected by the same system, the proportional system uh, that follows uh, until today. So in 1948, when uh, when they established the state of Israel, they just stick to the same to the same election system that worked for them at the beginning. Well, what happened was, in, you know, in November 1947, the United Nations Assembly decided to divide the land. Yeah, the partition to plan. Camp, yeah, two independent states, a Jewish state and an Arab state. And in that decision, they decided that the elections in the two new democratic countries would be the proportional system. The Provisional State Council had uh, 37 members, and this was uh, the body that uh, decided which kind of election system will be the one that will form the first Knesset. The first Knesset should have, or in the organary plan, should have made the Israeli constitution. And uh, the decision was that we are now in a situation of uh, a war against uh, independent war. So it's a problem to use another system than the proportional system. Uh, David Ben-Gurion and also the representative of the right wing uh, Dr. Ari Altman, that was from the Revionistic uh, Party that I mentioned before, from uh, the Zev Jabotinsky Party, uh, party yeah. right? He wanted to form the British system. He said that uh, the British system, we should divide the country to 120 areas, and in, in every area, there will be one representative. Uh, ben Gurion was also supportive of this system, but the answer was that uh, it's not possible. You know, when a lot of people are fighting a war and uh, a lot of people are newcomers, they don't have really a place that you can put them so they, they, are, they are not really connected to any specific part of Israel. Therefore, the solution was that we will decide for only one time, we will use this system, the proportional system. It will be something ad, ad hoc. We'll use it only for the first election. And then afterward, the new Knesset will decide in the constitution what will be the, the system that will follow the country for the, the rest of years. the being. Yes. So eventually, we both know that they haven't decided, nor on the constitution that we still don't have, but we have a set of basic laws. And the, we remained, we stayed with the parliamentary system, with this uh, with this election system. Yeah, so, you know, here in Israel, we say that nothing is more, uh, how do you call it? The, the more, temporar temporarily okay. is the, is the um, stagnant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that is the reason why we stayed with the same system. But, you know, 
it's it's very hard to 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 get agree on a new system uh, by a body that was elected by another system you know every because every representative thinks in his mind about his interests and if you elect a, a parliament by the proportional system it's very hard to get the majority to change it because all the political members and the members of parliament thinks what serves my interest the most and uh, therefore they vote for three Knessets a very big discussions and a very big political arguments around the system because Ben-Gurion said I have a promise that this is a temporary system I have a promise and uh, now you can't give uh, 37 members of a body that was never elected it was appointed to establish the new state to decide for the rest of all time what system we will elect our parliament. He said, now we have a lot of newcomers that came to Israel, a lot of Jews, Holocaust survivors that came up, came and made Aliyah to Israel. They should also be part of the decision which system we will use. But uh, he never got the majority to change it to the British system he, he really admires. It was very close, but uh, he never could uh, erase the majority he needed to do so. Well, we can also talk about the pros and cons of the, of the different systems, but that's for a different topic. Because as, as we like to say, two Jews have three opinions, and in Israel, it shows a lot of uh, balagan in the political system. Yeah, I mean, I mean like... the argument that it's very hard to divide the country into electoral districts was a really good argument at the beginning, because you really didn't know what the borders of the new country will be. But uh, theoretically, after the end after of the, the independence, uh, right. after the, the end of the independent war, uh, that was something that was possible to do, but he didn't get uh, the majority to do so. So what is the Knesset doing? I mean, what are the Knesset roles, Adir? Let's, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, and why, first thing, why the Knesset, why the number of, uh, of representatives is 120? That is a very interesting point, because there was some members of Knesset that said that we should elect two houses. We should make the Knesset and a Senate. That uh, came also from the right. And against uh, this proposal to establish also a Senate, was all the left parties. They said this is a, a remaining from the feodalic system. When the aristocracy wanted to limit the lower house, they always put the power in the House of Lords or the Senate, or how do you call it, uh, to try to limit the power of the people. 
So the left said that we are a revolutionary nation and we shouldn't go back to the feudalic or to the aristocracy time of rule. And uh, the decision about how many representatives is also a very interesting issue because it was really different views from the, the right and from the left. The right wanted a very small parliament. They, uh, their, their proposal was that it would be only 71 members of the Knesset. And the why committee... 71? What was the rationality of this number? Yes, this, they wanted uh, a parliament that will be efficient without uh, many speeches, without many talkings. A small group of people work much more better than a big group of people. I, th I think it's, it's only a little bit uh, bigger than the parliament of Iceland, that is uh, the, the most uh, uh, old in the world. Uh, it's, it's a very small parliament, 71 uh, members. And the Communist Party, they thought that uh, the Knesset should be 171 members, 100 more. Uh, they said that uh, that uh, will give much more uh, chance for a different uh, kind of views to be heard at the Knesset. And it's important that uh, we will have as much as uh, different voices as possible. So in the end, the compromise was uh, 120. And that happened uh, because an historical event, uh, something that uh, has to do with the, the return of the Israelites from uh, Babylon. Then they have, they, they established... Uh, prior to uh, the establishment. Yes. <laughs> a couple of a hundred years prior. Thousands of years, <laughs> yes. And uh, there, there was a, a body that was 120 members of the big Knesset, it was called, and uh, therefore that number was uh, chosen. And now that's the reason why we need the uh, 61 to get a majority to and become prime minister. So what is the Knesset doing as, you know, as uh, the sovereign uh, authority? Well, if you mentioned the, the basic laws that uh, we call, and, and the first time when it was a big fight around uh, the first basic law, it was the basic law that uh, talked about uh, what the Knesset's responsibilities. And one of the things uh, uh, that made the most heated argument was the decision that the proportional system will be a part of the constitution. And to change it, you will need to have a majority of 61 uh, members of Knesset. Uh, David Ben-Gurion and his uh, Labour Party, they tried to fight it and said that this is something that we shouldn't decide and shouldn't put in in the constitution because uh, this is not something that we should decide without making a uh, referendum to ask the current uh, citizen of Israel at that time. I'm talking now of, of 1958. 1958, he wanted to 
make a referendum to ask the people of Israel what is the system they prefer, the British system or the current system. And uh, in the end, because of what I said, the interest of the, of the parties that was elected by the, by the proportional system, that rule was uh, got uh, the the votes and uh, passed passed the the, the Knesset, and uh, therefore it's very hard to think now about a new system or a reform that uh, to do in the in the electoral system because of that basic law that uh, that is, that really uh, that you need to find uh, the 61 majority that is very hard to find when we're talking about so much parties that every every party has their interest and to change the system or make any reforms you need to find a system that every of those parties believes that it serves them the best to change the system so we know that the Knesset is passing the laws. It's the legislative branch. It elects, if and correctly if I'm wrong, it elects the president and the prime minister, right? Yes. And then appoints, in a way, uh, the whole cabinet because they all have to swear oath. Uh, it approves the cabinet. And it's also supposed to supervise the work of the government. How does it work if, you know, the Knesset is the one that has you know the coalition versus the opposition and if they are building a coalition with from the knesset how does it work with the cabinet well the prime minister that uh, establishes a coalition really come with the list of the ministers to the knesset and present them and uh, every one of them needs to get the majority as you said uh, get approved by the knesset we know that uh, today, unfortunately, I have to say, everyone that gets elected to the Knesset uh, wants immediately to become a minister or a deputy minister and then a minister. A lot of uh, Knesset members have lost uh, the patience. If we go 20 or 30 years back, people served in the Knesset uh, a long time before they became uh, ministers. Or and they were even, honored even to candidates. be members of the Knesset. Yes, it was a very big honor. And in, in, in saw the work of the Knesset, it's something very important. They really loved the work of the Knesset. And uh, today the feeling is that it's only a way to jump to the next minister office. Uh, and that is also the reason why the numbers of ministries has grown through the years. Exponentially. Yes. It went ballistic. <laughs> Everybody wants to be a minister, and then when he gets a small office, he wants a medium office, and after that he wants a big office. I think that our politicians have lost the patience they need. I, I would up. say... I would say that they lost uh, the shame and the loss and they also lost the sense some of them not all of them the sense of being a true representative and a true civil servant 
because eventually as a member of the Knesset, you are a civil servant, you are representing, you are representing the people and you are supposed to make sure that the laws are being legislated in favor of the people. Yes, to become a members of a parliament, it's kind of a, a trust. You get the trust from the people and should use the, that trust to make uh, the country a better place to be in. And uh, if you don't do that, the voters can punish you in the elections. Here in Israel, it doesn't really work like that. Uh, it feels like because we are voting for a list and not uh, personally to uh, members of the Knesset, that uh, makes it uh, a, a more a game of power, who will get the better position and who will get uh, to rise up in the, the list and who is more popular in the party and in the public. And uh, it's kind of a competition of popularity and not really the work the member of the Knesset is doing. So I think that should be a good topic for our next recording, Adir. Okay? I agree We should talk you. about the Knesset and, you know, what works and what doesn't work in the Knesset. But I think that for today, you've shed a lot of light for our audience about what is the Knesset, what's the purpose of the Knesset, and actually where it's originated from. So thank you very much, Mr. Cohen. It was my pleasure. Thank you, my friend. To be your guest. And thank you all for listening once again to Balagan. Looking forward for the next episode. Bye for now. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and wanted to thank you for joining me. If you like my podcast, feel free to rank it and share it with others. I also invite you to subscribe to my podcast so you will get updates when a new episode is on the air. And last but not least, I invite you to check my website, Balagan, www.balagan.ltd, for more content about Israel's history and politics. Bye for now and have a great day.